Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that works best for you. Now in today's message, Pastor Tony will be delivering an encouraging word that we know is going to touch your life. We pray that you listen with expectation, believing that everything you need from God, he's going to do it. Enjoy today's message. Let's jump to the word of God today. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, and then we're going to jump to Genesis 2 and then Genesis 3. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Chapter 3, verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound. Somebody say the sound. Of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, or your Bible might say the breeze of the day. It's the word ruach. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. We find that as New Testament believers, we celebrate the book of Acts because a church was birthed. But there was a thread of the breath of God from creation. The ruach, the very breath of God hovering over the face of the deep. And the Bible said it hovered over a formless, lifeless place. I'm so glad that the Spirit of God is willing to hover over those lifeless places of our life. And the Bible said before long, we find that the Father worked with dirt that he originally hovered over. And the Bible said that before long, that dirt caught his likeness. And after it caught his likeness in his image, he breathed on it. Because anything that looks like the Father finds his breath. Anything that reveals his image finds his breath. He breathes on this lump of dirt, and the Bible said man became a living being. We find that God would walk with man and talk with man. He would fellowship with woman and man in this garden. And they would walk together and they would find that God had things for them. And he had treasures for them. And he had things that he had commissioned them to do. He told them to subdue the garden, take authority. He told them to name every living creature. But eventually sin entered the world. And the Bible said, now God, moving by his spirit, the breeze of God, the breath of God, looking for man. And the Bible said, at this point in Genesis chapter 3, man begins to hide. And the Bible said, they heard the sound of God, but hid from it. And the Bible said, sin entered the world. And we got glimpses of the breath of God all throughout an Old Testament. The breath of God was present at a Red Sea where God breathed on the waters. He was present when he would blow through the temple at the grain offering. He was present in the rippling of the mulberry trees with David. Over and over, the breath of God, it was present at Mount Carmel. And the presence of God would mark these places. But it was a visitation and not a habitation. It was not a permanent dwelling. And Jesus arrives in a New Testament and he begins to tell us. He begins to tell us about this wind and this breeze and this ruach. He said in John chapter 3, you can't contain it. It goes where it pleases. You just have to follow its leading. And he begins to talk and 
Tell us about this kingdom. It was the same breath in John chapter 20 where Jesus walked through a wall. And the Bible said he found a weak group of disciples and he breathed on them. And now we find Acts chapter 2. They were waiting and there came a sound. But what happens is Jesus began to walk and commission and declare. And we find that Jesus began to establish a group of people. And after three years of public ministry, less than six months before his departure, the Bible said he does something. He takes his group of disciples and he marches them into the midst of the corridor and center of darkness of the day. He marches them into Caesarea Philippi. It's the first time Jesus has ever been there and the last time he would ever be there. But he marches his group of believers into this dark corridor. And in Matthew chapter 16, he declares something. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am? The son of man, please put it on the screen. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And also I say to you, the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Next verse. Thank you. Then he commanded his disciples and they should tell no other that he was Jesus Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders of the chief priests, the scribes, to be killed and be raised. Here's what happens. He walks into the corridor of darkness. And the Bible said as he walks into the corridor of darkness, something happens. Something begins to shift. There for the very first time, he tells these disciples something. He tells them that he is establishing a church. The very first time he talks about the church, the called out group. And then he asks them a question. The very first time he asks them if they really knew who he was. He said, do you really know who I am? And they said, some say this, some say that, some say a great prophet. But he said, no, no, I'm not asking that. Who do you say that I am? And Peter that usually ran off at the mouth, the Bible said he jumped up and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Peter say, he said, the, uh, the, the flesh has not revealed this to you, but my spirit and the spirit of the kingdom. And upon that profession right there, I am going to build a church and the great, uh, and the, and the, and the gates of hell will not prevail against. Now watch what happens. He does not tell them this when blind eyes are being opened. He does not tell them this when lame legs are leaping for joy. He does not tell them this when he's at the grave of Lazarus or in the house of Jairus. He does not tell them this after walking on water or calming the storm he takes him into the very corridor of darkness and he plants his feet in authority and he looks around and said I'm raising a church and a people and the gates of hell will not prevail against it he said I brought you to this dark corridor it was a place of false religion it was a place of idolatry it was a place of rebellion and witchcraft and Jesus marches his disciples right in and makes this declaration What you see around you will not prevail. The power and the authority that you see around you will not stop this church. What you see around you will not silence. He said, it's going to be a great church. At first, I believe that it's, we're called to be a grace church. 
Somebody say grace. The Bible says his grace is always sufficient. It's always enough. The Bible said when the spirit of God poured out, it was evident because it was great grace upon them. And the Bible says that we are saved by grace. We are empowered by grace. We are supplied by grace. And when we understand the power of God's grace and his working favor in our life, it causes us to believe for greater. This was going to be a grace church because he was working with broken people. It was going to be a grace revival. And I'm telling you, God is raising today a new wave of grace people. Now that doesn't mean you get to do anything you want. That just means that you are empowered by the authority of the grace of the kingdom and you walk in that grace and you extend that grace and you live by that grace. It was not only going to be a grace church, it was going to be a relational church. It was going to be a relational. He told them, he said, I'm going to leave you and you're going to have one another. Bear one another's burdens. Be your brother's keeper. Wash one another. Cover one another. And how you do this and how your relationships in the horizontal world are going to be fruitful is because you're about to be connected vertically. No longer will you need a priest. No longer will you need a lamb. No longer will you have to come to the temple once a year. But I'm about to rip open the heavens and tear apart the veil. And he said, you are going to have a vertical relationship. He said, this is going to be a relational church. But not only a relational church, it's going to be an evangelistic church. He said, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea in Samaria and around the world. Why do you say Jerusalem first? It was where they lived. It was their Tampa Bay. Don't go to the world if you're not started with your neighborhood. Don't go to your world if you're not started in the marketplace. Don't go to the world unless you've hit Tampa. So we're going to start here in Tampa Bay. Then we're going to go to the region. And then we're going to go to people that you do not want to go to, the Samaritans. They didn't like Samaritans. Remember when Jesus went to the woman at the well? The disciples didn't want to go. Jesus said, I need to go. I'm called to go. I'm compelled to go. Because there's someone there that is thirsty. And they've tried to drink from everything they could find. And unless they encounter me, they will keep thirsting. But you're going to have to go to people that you do not want to go to. Maybe they do not like you and you do not like them. But this good news and this grace church is going to invade places and carry you to places in relationship because you are connected vertical. And he said, I'm telling you, you're going to be an ambassador. You are going to be an evangelist. Everyone in this room is really called to be an evangelist. I'm not talking about traveling the nation doing revivals at churches. I'm not talking about standing on a platform and preaching. I'm talking about living out a life that when people see you, I'm not talking about you going to work tomorrow with the biggest Bible you can find and standing on the desk and saying, hey, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Now God leads you. But if not, you may get fired or even worse, locked up. But being a living example and a living stone, as the Bible talks about, getting up in the morning and facing the day, believing that God has something in the day for you. And I'm going to live a life as a witness. And when they see me walking through stuff because I'm human, they're going to see the goodness of the Lord and the glory of the Lord in the midst of my stuff. In the valley of the shadow of death, they will see me. Fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, it's always comfort me. You've anointed me for this season. 
mercies and goodness and mercy are right here with me. The grace of the Lord is making a way where there seems to be no way. And even in the presence of my enemies, you prepared a table before me. So I'm just going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever and forever and forever. I'm going to live a life of example. An evangelist church, but, but it's, it's going to be an anointed church. Not just a gathering of people, but people that are marked by the anointed one. Because it's the anointing that destroys yokes. It's the anointing that declares new season. It's the anointing that declares old things are passed away and all things are being made new. It's the anointing that allows you to get up and keep going when you do not feel. He said it's going to be an anointed church. And when you realize that you are anointed for the purpose that God has called you to, the anointed one lives inside you. You you begin to look at life differently. You begin to look at your assignment differently. You begin to look at what God has called you to in the earth differently. You begin to lead your family at a different level. You begin to give at a different level. You begin to serve at a different level when you realize that you are anointed. But he said it's not going to only be a grace church or a relational church or an evangelistic church or an anointed church, but it's going to be a tenacious church. The gates of hell will not prevail against you. When you get knocked down, get back up. When you feel like it's over, keep going. When you feel like it's done, believe for a greater season. When you feel like you're out, get back in. Believe that every setback is setting you up for a comeback. And when you understand there is greater in you, you become tenacious. There's a tenacity. The old timers used to say it like this. I'm just going to keep on keeping on. I'm just going to keep on fighting. I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on worshiping. I'm going to keep on trusting. I'm going to plant my faith in the word of God. I'm going to let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Come on, give him praise today. Now, Now watch what happens. Watch what happens. He said, I'm establishing a great church in the gates of hell. Now, now I'm telling you, Jesus was methodical. Everything he did, every miracle was laced with not just the miracle of the present, but a principle for the future. I'm going to say that one more time. Every miracle was laced with not just the miracle of the moment, but a principle for the future. Changing of water to wine. It was great for the celebration, but the party ended and the wine ran out. But the principle lives today. What you saw go in is not always what comes out. Sack lunch that fed a multitude. How many know they got hungry after a while? Food ran out. But the principle is this. When you put little in the hands of God, much is in it. Over and over and over and over again, the miracles were laced with principles. You may do a whole study on the miracles of Jesus and pull out the principles of the miracles. Watch what happens. He takes them into this corridor of darkness, plants his feet, and gives a prophetic word to a messed up group of disciples. And he says, but I'm going to give you keys. And it doesn't take a lot of keys, just the right key. And whatever you bind on earth would be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Because listen, there's coming a sound. There is coming a sound. Now watch. 
Scholars and literates tell us that it was 4,050 years from Eden to the upper room. 4,050 years. 4,050 years. Matter of fact, you want to know how many days that is? I'm going to tell you. 1,474,250 days. 1,474,250 days from Eden to the upper room. Now watch what happens. I believe every day the Holy Spirit is just ready to invade the earth. But the Father says, not today. Not today. Not to, oh, oh, we're going to release a sound, but not today. Now watch. The Bible said when he came and they heard a sound in the garden and he was moving by a breeze, they hid themselves. Now watch. In an Old Testament, they hid themselves from the sound. But in a New Testament, they're waiting in an upper room on the sound. I'm telling you, positioning is everything. What if in an Old Testament, they would have been waiting and looking for, you know what, we messed up, but there's a sound on the way. These men that had issues, they are waiting on a sound. And in Acts chapter two, the Bible says when the day of, somebody say the day, there's been over a million days, but when the day, the right day, when you get aligned at the right time, anything can happen. He said, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly, suddenly, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. It was the same sound that was heard in a garden, but this time he is not moving by a breeze. He is releasing a mighty rushing wind. He is not moving with the strolling breeze but there's a hurricane on the horizon. There's a wind getting ready to release and the Bible said when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they are at the right place at the right time and they had the right spirit. They are not hiding even though they have issues they are waiting with expectation and the Bible said there came a sound I believe there's a sound in this house because here's what happens The Bible said it not only filled the house, it sat on each of them. Now watch what happens. We're going to close. The Bible said that it rested on them and they released from that place. They released from that place. And Peter let out a sound. See, in an Old Testament... It was God with us. In the New Testament, it's God in us. In an Old Testament, they had moments of visitation. In the New Testament, it was all about a habitation. Jesus was only here three years. But his spirit has been ruling and reigning for 2,000 years. He said, it's all about me invading you. It's all about me invading you. Now watch. Come on, let's stand this morning. Watch. Watch. This is what happens. In the garden, there's a sound. In Acts, there's a sound. But after the outpouring of the book of Acts, the sound never came from heaven again. It rested in the believer. That's why your prayer language 
if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Enemy can't understand it. That's why the Bible says your declaration confuses the enemy. Because he can't understand, Pastor Mike, when he beat you up for the last season and the gates and the authority of hell have raged against you and he has done everything he could to take you out or take your family out and all of a sudden you let out a sound and you let out a roar and you let out a cry. He doesn't understand that. The sound of God is not coming from the heavens any longer. It's now in the believer and that's why every time you let it out, the atmosphere shifts. Every time you let it out, the heavens move. Every time you let it out, I'm telling you, anything can happen. That's why you declare it over your house. That's why you declare it over your kids. That's why you declare it over your finances. That's why you declare it over your purpose. That's why you declare it over the next step. That's why you rise up and declare, I will bless the Lord. I will. I will. The sound is not around me. It's in me. I'm not going to hide from it. I'm not going to run from it. But as it closed me, this is what they did. It was deposited in them. And then they began to give it back. And everywhere they went, they gave it back. And great grace was with them. And they built relationship. And they were ambassadors of the kingdom. Jesus was in the house of David. David had it all figured out. Pastor EJ, David had the revelation right here. He realized the power of projectile warfare. He realized that I can put a rock in a piece of leather and I can let it go and kill something over there. But I believe he actually got that revelation by his declaration. I can release a prayer and a praise right here and it'll hit my daddy's house. It'll commission my destiny. I can stand at City Life Church and open my mouth this morning and cover my children and my grandchildren. I can cover my next season. I can cover my last season. I can release a sound. I can release a sound. I can release a sound. Oh, they can run, but they can't hide. The sound is on the way. They can run, but they can't get away. The sound is on the way. I don't have to be with them. I'm releasing a sound. I'm releasing a sound. I'm releasing a sound. I'm releasing releasing a sound ask Paul about it he was at a midnight he was beaten and he was put in jail and all of a sudden he released a sound and the jail began to shake and shackles began to fall off and doors began to open revival began to hit the jail all from a sound all from a sound all from a sound. The greatest thing the enemy can do to any believer is silence him. The, the greatest thing the enemy can do to any believer is silence her. The greatest thing he can do is shut you up. But when you make up your mind, if I have to, I'll walk right into the corridor of Caesarea Philippi and declare the gates of hell will not prevail. The gates of hell. Some of you need to go home and stand in your living room and release a sound. Some of you need to drop by your unsaved children's house. Don't go pour a bottle all over their head. 
just drive by and release a sound. Some of you need to lay your hands on your checkbook and release a sound. Some of you need to lay your hands on your body and release a sound. Because anything that has power is preceded by a sound. I can hear a tornado before it arrives. I can hear a hurricane before it hits my house. I can hear the locomotive before I see the steam in the sky. And if those things have power and make noise, what happens when the sound of the kingdom rises in the believer? It's not about you just getting loud. Jesus was God when he whispered. (laughs) That's a revelation for some spirit-filled believers. Jesus was as much God and had as much authority when it was at a whisper. As long as the sound is released in authority. Right where you're at, if you feel comfortable, maybe just lift your hand and open your mouth and just release a sound. Come on, just release a sound. Holy Spirit, for those that have not been filled with your spirit, baptize us today. Release a prayer language today. Come on, right where you're at, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't need somebody to lay hands on you right where you're at. Just receive that gift. I receive it today. I receive it today. I receive it today. I receive it today. Father, let us suddenly, let us suddenly happen. Let us suddenly happen. Father, release a sound in this room today. Release a sound in the believer today. Release a sound, Father. Come on, you may be of... Maybe you've hid from the sound. Let it, let, let it hit your life. Maybe you've run from the sound. Let it hit your life. Come on, we're about to release something that's going to hit places that aren't even in this room. Father, we declare it today. Father, I declare today, Father, that you are releasing a sound not only in the earth, but in this room and in your people. For those watching online, Father, there's a sound rising up. There's a sound rising up. There's a sound rising up. And Father, we declare that giants are falling. Children and prodigals are coming home. Finances are being restored. Sickness is being healed. Father, there's a suddenly and a moving and a quickening, Father, that is being released in this room and in the life of a believer in the name of Jesus. Now put your hands together and release a sound. Release a sound. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayers that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc. We also want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. You can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download the City Life app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great worshiping with you today and we'll see you next time.